Welcome to the Mad River Anthology. I am Tim Ayers. A longtime student of ethnobotany, Dale Pendle combines science and poetry in detailing the pharmacology, chemistry, and political and social historical implications and effects of the use of psychoactive plants. He's written a three-volume set exploring the subject called the Pharmacotrilogy, and his work is used as a textbook in the University of California Berkeley's Molecular and Cell Biology Department. From neuroscience to mythology, the poetry of plant intoxicants, on this edition of the Mad River Anthology. Uh, been a student of uh, ethnobotany most of my life and wanted to do a survey of uh, psychoactive plants. You know, and the original idea would be like a poet's guide and that by immersion in each plant in the particular intoxication and each one, you know, every plant kind of has its own subtle shift the way you look at and experience the world you know some um, what did I write every plant has a voice um, but like in all crowds there are always a few loud mouths um, some of them like to shout and some of them like to climb in and take over your body um, and throw you on the ground or something make you forget who you are some are more subtle some of them uh, well, some of them actually that we eat all the time we hardly notice you don't really understand plant medicine until you can understand how rice is the great hallucinogen it was going to be one book called Pharmacopoeia but um, the material ended up uh, well, so many plants, so little time, you know. Uh, so it ended up being three volumes. But in some ways, the whole project got started very close to here. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe one of my first plant poems was written down near Garberville. Herb Gathering Song. I will finish with you right away, proud one. I will not let you go limp. I will tear you into pieces right away, graceful one, ripping your leaves off gently, pulling downward, putting your seeds in a bowl. Your leaves and flowers come off with a pop, my loved one, like hawk's talons. They pull loose with a pop. The, the, the whole work ended up being three volumes, Pharmacopoeia, um, which covers everything from the inebriants to salvia divinorum and cannabis and uh, alcohol. And uh, I even found a way to put the solvents, some of the solvents in... Uh, nitrous oxide into into that uh, which is a plant product 
I wrote a funny little introduction called The Power Plants. Bring them on, all the palmate-leaved ones, the pinnate and the panatophid, the entire rosy Hawaiian babies, wise Mazatec sages, and the old Indian rope trick. Come on, you indoles, you terpenes, you alkaloids, you medicine plants. Hello, star-eyed beetle juice plants, Amazonian vine plants, Chihuahuan cacti. Come, blue-eyed witch plants. Come, you dung-loving fun guys. Come on, you rueful Syrians and all you thick-smelling solanaceous plants. You cultivated in rows tobacco and coca plants. You maligned poppy plants and worshipped grapevine plants. All forgotten plants and fad plants. Come forth, you motley troop. Not a gentleman among you. Not one that won't lie, cheat, or swindle a ride. Come, all ye ruffians, be fruitful. We have need of poison. And the stimulants is is kind of uh, uh, the source and mirror of our culture at this point. The Enlightenment was born in coffee houses. And mercantilism, uh, which became corporatism, uh, was born in the spice trade and the drug trade uh, for coffee, tea, where the, the, the stimulants ended the age of exploration, this wandering around, looking to see what was there, exploring, and, and exchanged that for vectors. You just wanted the fastest way to get someplace and back again. No time to look around. So uh, looking for an image of the stimulants, I kind of saw this loss of periphery. It's kind of like the single straight-ahead focus. And in philosophy, through the coffee houses, all of a sudden, um, coffee houses were new. Coffee tea and chocolate all arrived in London the same year. And within a decade, there were uh, thousands of coffee houses. Uh, it's a wonderful story, actually, the, the kind of the transmission of the, of, of the beans and, and the plant and, and legal challenges. The, actually, the uh, war on war on drugs, um, you find out that the actual plants or drugs that are outlawed are, are somewhat arbitrary and change through the centuries, you know, depending on where you are and what era you are in. And coffee has been illegal several times. Um, there, were, there were raids uh, in its earliest years in Egypt, in Cairo, uh, against places that served coffee. It was, uh, rulers were often uh, afraid that uh, coffee houses would be places of insurrection and 
rebellion um, and would raid them. Sometimes the stimulants were kept just for the nobility. The Aztecs, uh, it was a capital crime for commoners to drink chocolate um, in Mexico. In Germany, it was also restricted for the nobility. And I think it was Frederick uh, sent out uh, groups of police that he called, that were called sniffers, to walk the streets and to try and sniff out anybody who was roasting coffee beans. Um, there's even a linguistic link somehow. You know, my books are, you know, the, the linguistic core is this Greek word pharmakon. Pharmakon, which is not quite translatable, is either poison or remedy, depending on the context. Socrates mused on how writing was a kind of a pharmacon. You know, it was it was this great tool for remembering things, but it ended up with people forgetting how to remember, how to memorize. This is built around uh, a verse from that snappy poet. John Greenleaf Whittier. Song of the Hemp. Kana, kana, cannabis, cannabis, cannabis sure of you. Diversified in western China, spread to Turkestan, along the Tian Shan to the Pamirs and the Hindu Kush, Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, the ancient ally, cannabis. Cannabis seen with you? It's a camp follower, one of those plants that takes to people, hangs around the clearing, and marks the trails. Till the people take it up. Basket makers, net weavers, rope makers, weavers. If we didn't decorate ourselves, how would we be different from the animals? Somebody probably ate some or threw it on the fire. At least 4,000 years ago, probably eight or more, lovingly carried and traded along the Soma Trail when the horses opened the steps. Metal followed, copper and tin smelted to bronze a spoked wheel, chariot people wearing brightly dyed felt, pointed hats and tattoos. In Central Asia, they cast their lot with light, stayed up all night, drinking ephedra and cannabis, singing songs and tending the fire, Hauma, Ahura Mazda, Soma drinkers, the fire still burns at Baku. That my illegal smile be brought to light, cannabis, cannabis seen with you? In Bactria, and along oases of the Oxus River. Temple-like buildings, the mixing rooms, the fire room, a millennium passes. Zoroaster speaks his peace. People move all over. Lebanon, India, Ireland, China, and the trading goes further. Egypt and Africa, Southeast Asia, 
Herodotus picks up the story. Scythians vaporizing their buds in tents. Kind of like a ganja sweat lodge and shout with joy. They're still horse people. A young woman, a stag tattooed on her arm, found frozen in ice. Horses buried with her and a box of cannabis, which the National Geographic forgot to mention. Rudenko even found the tripods, the braziers, the tops still in them, just as Herodotus has, had described. They were fierce people, kicked ass on the Persians, their cousins, who had gotten soft on all those carpets. Some of them got to Athens, debated with the philosophers, laughed derisively at the drunks. Peace, peace, it's time for peace. We're sorry we laughed at you. We like to get drunk sometimes, too, now. Will you stop arresting us? Can a, can a illegal smile be brought to light? Free the outlawed plants. Step one. Free the outlawed plants and the green prisoners. In Chinese, hemp is ma. The eleven-stroke radical depicting flayed hemp stalks drying in a shed and is the basis for a number of interesting words. Hemp plus I means to see distinctly. Hemp plus spirit is a shade or a devil. Narcotic is hemp plus drunkenness. There are separate ideograms for male hemp, female hemp, and hemp fruits. In Japanese, marijuana is mayaku, hemp plus medicine. The character yao, medicine or medicinal herbs, combined with grass, is music or pleasure. Thus, plant medicines are herbal music, the songs of the grasses. Hemp, Old English hennep, by Grimm's Law, consonant shift from the Greek cannabis. Sanskrit is kana or shana. The Semitic tongues probably tasted it from the north. Chaldean kanbun, Arabic kanab, Assyrian kunabu, which was used as incense. Just say no to drug testing. We have to say no to such un-American activity and boycott the companies that do so. Hashish rode to Damascus in caravans, trotted horseback to Alexandria, walked on to Tangiers and Marrakesh, smoke drifted across Africa, Bangi, Kana, Daga, Zanzibar, Mozambique, to Lake Victoria, the Malawis, south to the Bantu, Hottentots, the Bushmen, and those ancient conservative folk, the Pygmies. A water pipe made of gourd followed the plant, south to the Zulu, to the Riobamba worshippers in the Congo. Hemp likes lowlands. Hemp likes mountains. It suffers heat gladly, endures drought, and loves rain. It grows well in high latitudes, green British Columbia, frosty Alaska, and flourishes in the tropics, Maui, 
or Southeast Asia. The Teutons possessed hemp seeds by 500 B.C. Norse sailors, hempen hossers, took it to sea, supporting in itself an item of commerce. For a plant that crosses so many borders, there are very few official stamps on its passport. In suitcases, in statues, in the holds of ships, sealed into doors of cars and trucks, and loaded into cargo bays of airplanes. So much trouble. Grow your own. It's time to free the outlawed plants. And the quote, Of all that Orient lands can vaunt, Of marvels with our own competing, The strangest is the hashish plant, And what will follow on its eating. John Greenleaf Whittier, Canna, canna be seen with you again? Canna go home with you? Cannabis, canna be free with you? I lived in uh, uh, Humboldt County in the early 70s, and I started a poetry magazine here called Kiawe Kuksu in 1970. And the idea was to connect backcountry poets and writers um, in the mountains all around the state. Um, and eventually it was kind of uh, all around the country. Um, kind of a voice for the new back-to-the-land poetry movement that was emerging. Um, the first issue we had Ray Raphael was um, uh, before Everyday History of Somewhere was published by Knopf. And then I, I moved over to the Sierras and um, the whole idea was to kind of have a bridge to connect us that way, um, to give some voice. And uh, we went on and did seven issues. Jim Dodge came along after that with uh, upriver, downriver, trying to fill some of that bioregional space. And uh, we could use something like that now. Yeah. But speaking for that now. Of course, some of the old masters will tell us that poetry is intoxication, therefore poetry is a drug. Uh, in the plant world, they range everywhere from uh, plants that'll make you stagger to plants that will make you see visions, to plants that uh, pass for sobriety in our culture, like the stimulants, and will even make you more sober than sober. Um, that's a very subtle intoxication. We may say that this is madness, but Socrates said that our greatest gifts come through madness. 
as long as it is inspired by the gods. And we can stretch out and say that uh, psychoactive plants, um, the plant gods and the plant spirits speak through them. There is something uh, poetic criticism in literary theory called the pathetic fallacy. A pathetic fallacy is when you ascribe uh, sentience to an inanimate object, you know, like you say, the angry sky. You know, they will say, skies can't be angry. Um, but I don't think the pathetic fallacy goes far enough. So in, 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 in this poem, I, I'm experimenting with what I call the cosmic fallacy. And it's called Last Specimen. And it's about plant collecting. Botanists in the field collect uh, voucher specimens in a plant press. And plant specimens last for years after they've been pressed. We can still study Linnaeus's specimens. Last specimen. In the bank of a gravelly wash, a mile from the road, in Saline Valley, I found a desert paintbrush. Not a rare plant, just one I didn't have in my collection. The brilliant scarlet-tipped bracts of the inflorescence were still enfolded. Kneeling down, I gently pulled them open to inspect the corolla, then saw still a child. It's not that anyone else would come by here, that you live to blossom alone here beneath an empty sky means that somewhere a soldier won't die or that on a dry planet, somewhere in Cygnus, it will rain. And I return with an empty press. Did somebody say poets are, are, are supposed to give a voice to those that have none? If not, somebody should have. The Condor Song. They have murdered my children. They set fire to my earth. They enslaved my sisters. They silenced my chorus of frogs. They would not listen to my waterfalls. They ignored my council of bees and stole fire from my volcano. They poisoned the one who eats death, and now the bodies pile. I shall send earthquakes and plagues and withhold my tears. All existence is without foundation, yet they scribble their names in my sky. 
They have bombed my temples and cut my groves. They have twisted the courage of youth and set them against each other. Why do they hunt my lions? What have they done to my corn? They were blind to my dust and loosed sand in my pastures. They imprisoned my rivers and salted my fields. They suck my black blood and spill red in return. No one can save one's children from death. Why are they still so arrogant? I shall send earthquakes and plagues. I shall withhold my tears. And then she cried. You've been listening to poet Dale Pendle. His publications include the Pharmacotrilogy, which details the use, chemistry, political and social historical implications of psychoactives, published by Mercury House. He's also written a book of his observations of the famous social event titled Inspired Madness, The Gifts of Burning Man. And you can visit his website at dalependle.com. D-A-L-E-P-E-N-D-E-L-L dot com. You've been listening to the Mad River Anthology. I'm Tim Ayers. If you have questions or comments about this program, please call our listener comment line at 826-6089. On our blog and online archive of past programs can be found at www.madriveranthology.wordpress.com. The show is also available in iTunes. The Mad River Anthology airs the second and fourth Sundays of the month at 10 p.m. and is produced for KHSU, located at Humboldt State University in Arcata, California. ¶¶